0: Psalm 112, praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth, the generation of the upright will be blessed, wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness, he is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray this evening that you would give us a passion for thee. That we would be men and women who fear the Lord. Heavenly Father, our desire this evening as we gather here, as we open the word of God, is that your name would be lifted high. And we pray that you would work through your spirit, through your word, and each and every one of our hearts this evening. Encourage us, challenge us, change us for your glory. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as I mentioned last week, as we were in Psalm 111, Psalm 112 and Psalm 111 kind of go together. They are both an acrostic. So Psalm 111, the 22 lines of the psalm, corresponds to the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. The same is true in Psalm 112. Each line corresponds to a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, as I mentioned last week in Psalm 111, the purpose of that is, is to aid you in memorization. The, the point of these Psalms is to be remembered, to be known. As we saw last week in Psalm 111, what is to be known? What is to be remembered here? It is the greatness of God. Psalm 112 focuses then on the man who fears the Lord. In fact, last week as we ended in Psalm 111, verse 10, it really turns its focus to there and starts the transition into Psalm 112 where it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. His praise endures forever. So already it's brought up the topic of the fear of the Lord. So then we turn our attention to Psalm 112, which really throughout these 10 verses develops That idea, the fear of the Lord. What are the benefits of the fear of the Lord? What does this look like? It begins the same way as Psalm 111. A call to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's worthy of worship. Even as we were reminded of last week in Psalm 111. He is awesome. He's awesome. the man of Psalm 112 knows that. In fact, it says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. We've talked about that idea of to fear the Lord before. It is less the idea of being terrified, and it is more the idea of recognizing the awesome nature of God that was just unfolded for us in Psalm 111. Recognize that. And then respond rightly to that. The fear of the Lord is a big view of God that then translates into a right response to God. It is seeing God rightly so that you can then respond to God rightly. In fact, notice here that that it's a positive thing. It says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Often we think of fear as a negative thing. Right? They try to, if you go into the military, you're, you're, you're going into sports or whatever and, and you're coming up against the other team and, and maybe you're a little nervous or going into battle and you're, you're overcome with fear, right? They, they try to get that out of you. That's a weakness. But not this fear. It's a strength. In fact, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Blessed is the man who has a big view of God, who sees God rightly in his awesome nature and then responds rightly to who God is. Blessed is he. The fear of the Lord does not cause us to shrink away from him, but to delight in him. Look what the verse one says, that blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Who delights in his commandments. You see, I delight in his commandments. I delight in his law. I delight in his word, because I know and love the commandment giver. I have seen his awesome mercy, his awesome character, his awesome nature. I've come to know him in that way. And so then, what comes from him, I love as well. I love his word. I love his law. I see it as a good thing. It brings me joy to serve him. It is not a burden to submit to his commandments, it's a blessing. It's not something to be despised, it is something to be delighted in. It is my privilege. I delight greatly in his commandments. I, I want to do it. In our house, Krista has a no annoying noises commandment. Especially when there's no kids around. You see, I'm, I'm the type of guy, I, I like to move. So if we're sitting in the car or something, I'll be rocking or I'll be tapping something or, or humming. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. And Krista, when the kids are in the car, she'll be like, can I just get a second of quiet? <laughs> if the kids aren't here, you're making noise. <laughs> so she has a no annoying noise commandment. And you know, I, when I remember to honor that commandment, I delight to do it. It's not something where I'm sitting there, you know, just kind of sitting still and holding it in. And Oh, she is the worst. (laughs) I delight to honor her in that. I delight to do that because I love her and I know her and I want to care for her in that way. It is a privilege to oblige, to submit to that request of her. Same thing with the word of God. I I know him. I see him. I love him. And it is a privilege. It is an honor to submit to his law. It is an honor to submit to his commandments. It is an honor to obey his word. Because I fear the Lord. As you go into verse 2 and following, it really starts to unfold some of the blessings Right verse 1 says blessed is the man. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like that he is blessed to fear the Lord. Well verse 2 His descendants will be mighty on earth. His generation of the upright will be blessed. Those who fear the Lord will have a, have a positive impact on the next generation. You will see the benefits of that down the road. As you fear the Lord, as you train up the next generation, as you tell them and help them to see the awesome nature of your great God as well. Not just with your words, but with your actions as you delight in his commandments and his word. They see that. They see that this is real to you. And has an impact on you. You're not just going through the motions, you're not just submitting to God's word because it's what you do. You do it because you love him and they see that. They know the difference. The man who fears the Lord see the benefits of it in the following generations. Not only that, but verse 3, wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. The man who fears the Lord will know prosperity. Now, as you read that, don't get carried away with it. There are many preachers today, false preachers, who would preach a wealth and health gospel. God wants you to be wealthy. God wants you to be healthy. That's not what this passage is, is, is teaching. You have to remember the context. Number one, it's written in the context of the nation of Israel, a nation that had the Deuteronomy uh, Covenant from Deuteronomy 28, promises of blessing for obedience and curses for disobedience. There was a very real sense in which if they would submit to God, he would give them the land, he would give them riches, he would care for his people in the land. He promised that. Obey my word and I will bless you in the land. But as we know, they didn't obey. And yet, even today, we recognize that there's even greater riches in Christ for us. There is eternal riches. or Even as we've seen in Hebrews, we we are citizens of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Our hope, our riches, our wealth is in Christ. It is not here on earth. His righteousness endures forever. That's actually kind of one of the themes here. You'll see it repeated again in verse 9. His righteousness endures forever. In fact, it's playing off of Psalm 111.3, talking about God. His righteousness endures forever. The godly man, the man who fears the Lord, then reflects God's character in his own life. It is God's righteousness that endures forever forever. Right? We know what the Bible's teaching is on the righteousness of man. Even our righteous deeds are as filthy rags. But the man, who endures for, the man who fears the Lord has a righteousness that endures forever because his righteousness is from God at work in him. He reflects that character. And you really see that then in verses 4, 5, 6, and 7 as it's developing that. What does this look like? Well, unto the upright, this man who fears the Lord, whose righteousness endures forever, there arises light and darkness. Light and darkness. We all go through dark times in life. Psalm 23 even talks about going through the, the valley of the shadow of death. And yet even in the darkest times in life, the man who fears the Lord has light. There's hope there. That is one of the blessings of fearing the Lord, is knowing, knowing that there is hope. That even in the darkest of circumstances on earth, that you can imagine, there's light, there's hope. And you see that even in his actions. He's gracious. He's full of compassion. He is righteous. Again, reflecting God's character, being obedient to God's word. Because regardless of his circumstances, his hope remains. He's gracious in all circumstances. Because his hope remains. He's compassionate to all, because hope remains. Those who know grace are gracious. Those who have seen compassion been the benefits of compassion are compassionate. They reflect the character of God. A good man deals graciously and lends. He is generous, and yet, as he is generous, he will guide his affairs with discretion. He is wise. He is generous and he is wise. He will never be shaken. Why? Because he is founded on the solid ground of the fear of the Lord. No matter how dark, he will not be shaken. Because there's light. Because there's hope. Because his hope And everything that he's hoping on is not tied to here, but the fear of the Lord. The righteous will be everlasting in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. Bad news. Bad news does not steal his joy. Because no matter how bad it is, it cannot touch his hope. So he's not afraid of evil tidings. He's not afraid of bad news. His heart is steadfast. How can that be? Because he's trusting in the Lord, because he fears the Lord. His heart is established, he will not be afraid. It's not necessarily the absence of fear, but it's the proper context for fear. There are going to be times in life where things come and there's going to be some nervousness. There's going to be some fear that creeps in. And yet don't be afraid to fear because you know that your God is in control. As you walk into that circumstance, you don't know the end. And there's some fear in that. But what I do know is that I am founded on the solid foundation of the word of God. That my God is in control. That my hope is eternal. That the kingdom of which I'm a citizen cannot be shaken. His unnatural courage flows not from confidence in himself, but confidence in and fear of his great God. Circumstances may change. I do not know the end of this matter, and it is a scary thing as I'm going into it. And yet I will not fear as the world fears, because I have hope. I will not mourn as the world mourns, because I have hope. Until he sees desire upon his enemies. He is dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. Again there we see the the character of God. He is loving. He is caring. And once again, his righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The horn there is a a sign of, of power, of dignity. He will be exalted. He will be lifted up. He will be honored. So in verses 1 to 9, we see the benefits of the man who fears the Lord. Fear the Lord. You see the benefits, even in, in his circumstances, and the benefits in his character and how he acts. You come to verse 10, then this one verse is given to the opposite. This is what the man who fears the Lord looks like. This is the man who does not fear the Lord. The wicked man, this is what he looks like. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will see the righteous being lifted up. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. perish there's no joy in sin there's no hope in wickedness there is no future there no promise only disappointment only destruction for the man who fears the Lord his righteousness will endure forever He will have light in the darkness. He has no reason to fear because his heart is established. He will trust in the Lord. But the wicked, the wicked will perish. They have no hope. I think it's important as you look at Psalm 111 to 112 that you also recognize the order that they're in here. Psalm 112 is a direct result of Psalm 111. You cannot fear the Lord if you do not know the Lord. Psalm 111 unpacks the awesome nature of our God, and then Psalm 112 unpacks then, what does that look like in a man who sees that and recognizes that and knows that? And both of these are written to be remembered. Remember who God is. And then remember also the benefits of trusting Him. The benefits of submitting to Him. And the benefits of the fear of the Lord. See that and know it. And submit to Him. So even as we think about Psalm 112 this evening. It is an encouraging psalm. It's a psalm that reminds us of the hope that we have, those of us who are in Christ. But it's also a challenging psalm. As we see that, maybe you see some some areas in there where you where you are weak. Maybe you are given to fear. Maybe do not delight in the word of the Lord as you should. But be reminded that in Christ, as one who fears the Lord, there is always light in the darkness. There is hope because you are trusting in the Lord. Because you fear the Lord. Remember that solid foundation on which you are founded. And don't let it shake you. But stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast and praise the Lord, even as the first line of the psalm calls us to, praise the Lord. And so as we go to prayer here, do that. Praise the Lord. Don't just jump into your prayer request, but praise the Lord. Praise Him for the hope that you have as one who fears the Lord. Praise Him for the salvation that you have, for the future that you have, for the promise that you have, as we see unfolded here. And remember that. That even as you bring these requests to the Lord, maybe there's even some requests that you are not sharing with everyone else. Maybe the burden is just so heavy on your heart. But remember that unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. Remember that your hope is unwavering, that your God is unchanging. Trust in Him. Lean on Him. You have no reason to be afraid, for your God is great and awesome and mighty. So brothers and sisters, Praise Him.